Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the uh, wonderful land of crowdfunding? I kind of missed my cue there. I think I came in just a touch early, you know what I mean? Because the music was a little little too loud there for a second. But I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. It is Memorial Day. You know, this is, we're all out there mowing the lawns, hanging out, right? Eating hot dogs. Is that what you do today? Is today hot dog day or is that July 4th? I don't really know. But I appreciate everybody showing up. This is Successfully Funded. I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. I'm the CEO of Woodshed Agency. And our goal is to talk to um, project creators while they're in the middle of a successful Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo or equity crowdfunding, really. Um, But we want to talk to project creators while they are in the middle of a campaign and, you know, having success, right? And the reason we do that is that we want to give you guys, our listeners, the most up-to-date information about what is going on out there in the land of crowdfunding, right? Who, who cares about what happened in 2013? I need to know what's ha- going on now. I mean, you know, social media, you know, it's changed a bit, right? Yeah, it certainly has. So today's episode is, well, I'm going to be honest, we're going to get in the weeds. Um, I got to talk to a fellow musician. And I got to talk to somebody who uh, is building out uh, music products, right? Um, And we got to really get into sort of the mindset around creativity, where music is, where music is going, some of the struggles I have as a musician. Um, So if um, if you're definitely going to want to check out this conversation, so um, you know the company is called Off Grid, or the Kickstarter campaign, I should say, is called Off Grid, Um, and you know it's a uh, it's a, like a palm-sized MIDI controller um, that al- that allows you to make music kind of with like motions and gestures and touch and velocity sensitivity. So really, really cool product for those who you know are traveling or are you know sort of writing music in today's world, right? Um, so what was great with my conversation with with Michael was you know we talked before and he had a, a failed campaign, right? He had a launch didn't quite get his ducks in a row. Him and I had a great conversation, maybe, I don't even know, maybe late last year, I think it was. I don't have my notes for me, but it was like late last year. And then, you know, he picked himself up, canceled that campaign, came back strong. And right now, with about 49 hours to go, he's sitting at just over $154,000. And you know what? I think I'm going to have to be a backer of this campaign. Yep. I got to get it because I would like to start writing music again in a, and using all these new tools. I mean, it used to be when I write, wrote music with an acoustic guitar. Now I, could, I got my iPhone. I got my iPad. I can write anything, right? So, so that is what's coming up here in just a minute on our, uh, on our interview, right? So it's Memorial Day, like I said. Um, it's a different Memorial Day. Typically, we have a party, and I got a bunch of people over, and we've got the pools out, and we're we're getting wet, and and here it is hot as balls, holy hot. It's you know it's like under just under ninety. It's humid. Yesterday, oh, I just bumped the mic, man. What am I doing? This is amateur hour. What, what am I doing? This is like my first time not doing this, right? I just turned my head and just bammed it right into the right into the microphone. I'm sorry, guys. You got an amateur hour. It's Memorial Day. I'm I'm supposed to be on vacation. I'm in my uh, I'm in my mesh shorts. Got my uh, bad boys t-shirt on from the old days pistons bad boys um speaking of by the way i'm almost done with last dance and i'm really enjoying it if you haven't watched last dance and you were somebody that enjoyed basketball in the 90s 80s 90s 
good show. I've been enjoying it. Enough about that. But yeah, real hot around here. Um, you know, and we've got my neighbor. Um, I'm recording this at like 10 in the morning. He's out already mowing his lawn. I mean, isn't that lawn real wet? I got to imagine that's real wet. It's got to be sticking. But that's my neighbor, man. He's got the the pristine lawn where I look like we're a bum. Even though I mow it once a week, it's just I can't I can't do it every other day like him, right? And he's got the awesome like walk behind mower. I've talked about his mower before. I'm envious of it. I mean, it, it's just, it looks so smooth. He's just gently walking and, and the grass comes out perfectly cut. And, you know, there's no, um, there's no, never like the big bulks that get stuck and just plop out some grass. So, but I do have some bad news I'm, I'm going to have to talk about. So one one's away water park, we lost our, um, our big bouncy slide chipmunks suck it's that simple so the chipmunks um like many things in the garage this winter uh took a liking to our big bouncy house water slide thing that we got a couple years ago and ate it ate a lot of it um i tried to patch it yesterday the best i could tried to fill it up and it was frankly it was nasty (laughs) just nasty so the one wins away water park has unfortunately closed not due to COVID or anything like that, but due to chipmunks. So we are going to have to find a solution here for the chipmunk epidemic because, one, the chipmunks almost destroyed my speakers that were out there. They have literally ate through plastic. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're monsters, man. I see why, uh, uh, what was it? What was Elvin's dad's, uh, hus- or, uh, dad's name? What? Uh, I mean, Elvin Simon Theodore, but what was the dad name? I can't think of it. I can't, I, I can't think of it, but I can see why he was so mad at Alvin because Alvin sucks. So that's that simple on that. So I got one other thing I need to chat about. I actually, I got two things. I'm going to start with the first one being what is going on in Facebook ads land. Yeah. So we run a lot of Facebook ads. I got a lot of accounts for people and I'm, and they're, and they're just, boom, they're just getting shut off. There isn't anything more frightening than when you go to your ads manager account and you see it, it's banned and they've got these big red, red, um, almost like no smoking, like you have been disabled. You are breaking our policies. And you're like, whoa, 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 what do I do? What do I do? And so I had, I had two accounts last week. One has gotten shut off three times and I'm not even running ads. It just gets shut off. So clearly it's just a bot going crazy. And then I had another one that we just started and our whole strategy is like very, very simple. We're just trying to get like conversations going inside of messenger. So like I have four ads running very, very simple. And that ad got shut off. That got shut off like on, on Tuesday last week and it only got turned on Saturday. So I had to, I freaked out all week where I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? You know, and because you're dealing with Facebook and you're dealing with bots and you don't really know if you're, you're never really talking to a human. You're just kind of in this state of like, um, please, could you reinstate me? I think you guys made a, made a, made a mistake. And, and yeah, they, you know, they always kind of own up to it because again, I, you know, I follow the policies mostly, you know, there's sometimes here and there you try something, but, um, but man, I, I, am not going to lie. Facebook has been very challenging this week with, with fear. And then they put, well, not they, but uh, then I found a couple articles around that this is happening to a lot of people because they're overwhelmed with people working remote and there's, no real office anymore and and they're relying on the algorithm and the bots more and they're just man they're just like disabling accounts like right and left so and i've got like a couple companies that like man we live and die by our facebook ads i mean we're spending they got a lot of money that's how we get our sales man like uh, that is not a solid business when you are that reliant on other companies other third parties when you're you know when you're when you're farming on other people's land so much you got to be really 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 cautious but 
So I do want to ask, say, how's that? How's this one sounding? I, I'm I'm recording this one from the home office today. I've got a different microphone. I got my pop filter. Got a different interface. Um, you know, so it's gonna be a little bit different. I can tell right now that the the um, the volume, like I don't have a lot of gain coming from uh, from the system. So I'm gonna have to figure out what's going on there. And it's got a little bit of noise. And I recorded here a couple weeks ago and had some noise, but I'm trying something else. I'm trying a different tactic today to see if that uh, makes it better. Um, but I hope it sounds all right, everybody, because I'm, I'm just I'm not in the office. Damn, like I said, I'm in the mess shorts. It's Memorial Day, everybody. Give me a break. Come on, I'm gonna put a great episode out, right? All right, I got one more. So everybody, you know, is aware. I, I well, if you're a regular listener, you're aware that my dad passed away uh, in February, and I got the call from my mom about um, about her dating. Yeah, she went or something about going to a party to meet some guy. I was like, why? That's a that was a that was a tough one. I, well, I don't even know why it's tough. I don't know what the emotion is. It's just it's an unsettling emotion. Might be the best way I can describe it. Uh, it's not. Uh, oh man, there must be a dog fight out there. See, that's the other thing too. Is man recording at home. Not that the office is that much better, but like here, I'm just I got kids over here. I got a dog thing going on. I got my neighbor mowing. It, this is like not professional land. I understand it. So again, I, I'll give you guys your money back if you guys paid to listen to this episode. Yeah, man, the dogs are going nuts. But, but yeah, so I'm working through some of those emotions right now. Is to, um, you know, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a lot of awkward conversation, right? Like conversations that I uh, didn't uh, anticipate um, having, or I'm not really prepared for. So it's definitely not one of my strong suits. But I got that going on. So um, if you guys got any advice, feel free to shoot me a, an email, Jeff at Woodshed.agency. I'd appreciate it. Let me know how I'm supposed to. Uh, you know, absorb some of this stuff. Um, cause I don't, don't really know. I don't have a lot of answers at the moment. All right. I think that's enough ranting. I hope you guys are having a great Memorial day. Uh, I, I think I'm going to make some burgers today on the grill. That's my, my big plan. Making going to make some burgers, maybe some veggie burgers for the kids and the wife, you know, a little bit of veggie burgers. I don't know. Maybe make some vegetables. We've got some asparagus, maybe make some asparagus on the grill. I don't know. All kinds of stuff, but all right. So things coming up here. Well, we've got, um, you know, we've got a review shows that are starting to come out every week. I've got those in the can. You're going to start to be seeing them coming out. So again, if you want to get your campaign reviewed before you launch, shoot me a message. You be, uh, it's a 30-minute review. You, you come on our show. We tape it. It goes up on Facebook and YouTube and our Discord channel. And I break down what might be going on with your page, things to be thinking about. Really, really valuable information. Um, and again, no charge. I just, you know, trying to get you guys successfully funded. That's the ultimate goal. Because again, if you're funded there, then you get to be on the podcast. I mean, it's a, man, I got a whole system here, brewing guys. Um, so yeah, and then we've got equity episodes getting ready to come back up. We had a couple interviews there. Uh, so Sean should be releasing those. I'll have an interview on Thursday for you. We've got a new blog coming out tomorrow. Um, man, I mean, that's a lot of content. Make sure you, if you are thinking about running a campaign, go over woodshed.agency now. You can hit the consultation button, pick a time to talk, or shoot me that message and say, hey, I want to be on the show. Um, if you are running a campaign and it's not doing well, reach out too. There's a lot we can talk about, about what you might be able to do, what strategies uh, are there to move forward. So a lot of valuable information. But with all that said, I think we need to go ahead and kick it to somebody who's had a great campaign. We're going to talk to Michael here. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and, and jump into my conversation and learn about off grid and uh, what they're doing on Kickstarter right now. Your beauty is more than exterior, it starts with Yeah.
All right, Michael, the red light's on, but you're a pro at this. You come from, you know, you're in the studio business, the music business. You know the red light, right? It's all good on your end, right? You know? Red means uh, recording. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I ask all my guests this to get us started here. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, just some some granola with Greek yogurt. That's my favorite. Okay, that's nice. Nice. Anything to drink there? You go coffee drinker, orange juice, anything fancy? Uh, coffee. Dreaming of coffee. Can't wait to wake up to have coffee. What about you? Uh, yeah, so a uh, couple eggs, uh, half a bagel, some orange juice. Not a coffee drinker over here. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's the old breakfast. Couple eggs in there, uh, you know, sunny side up. But uh, well, cool. I think we're sounding good. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we actually jump into why we're talking and not about breakfast food? Um, so, why don't you tell my listeners who you are and what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? Right. Um, my name is Mike. Um, I run Bird Kids, uh, founded Bird Kids back in 2012. Uh, basically, uh, myself, I come from production side of things. I've been doing music and producing music professionally um, in the mid-2000s. I started when I was in my early 20s, and before that, I used to DJ. Hmm. So there was always music in my life. My mom's uh, piano teacher and kind of grew up playing instruments, making music, always interested in the aspect of like electronic production machines and so on. So uh, synthesizers come pretty naturally and my entire background is, is in, in, in key-based instruments mm. and I play a little bit of bass, but I suck at it. <laughs> and um, so, uh, all my friends, producer friends, and pretty much my entire uh, uh, environment is, is obsessed with synths. So we, we definitely define ourselves by by electronic music instruments mm. having said that um as a company bird kids it, it took quite a while to actually um produce our first instruments because we started off doing uh, label firsts focusing on experimental electronic music acoustic music symbiosis sure. combination of those things promoting young talent in austria um and kind of clicking but but always with the idea of bringing hardware into the game Mm. But hardware is very tricky, especially yeah. if you want to do a high-quality instrument. Um, modular synthesizers were our gateway drug yeah. to producing the first synthesizer. It might take anywhere between three and five years to come up with a really like special kind of sound, and and you got to do a lot of research. You got to do a lot of like starting from 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 scratch and scrapping and going again. And then we came up with this uh, modular system. I got one right here. That's a, that's that's our mm. butler. That's cool. And we started with it. That was our debut. No expectations whatsoever. No business plan. No huge dreams of going out there and, and creating like hardware for the rest of the world. But it caught on fire, and we got super good response without even anticipating. So, and that's how actually Bird Kids as a hardware manufacturing started. Mm. There was never a plan to do a company um, that just grew organically. So, as I said, synthesizers. We are synth nerds, definitely, but that's not really what defines us primarily. We love synths and we love music production, but it's really about the ability for people to make music. Yeah. Non-discriminatory approach. Mm -hmm. as, as I told you, I grew up playing piano. My mom and most of my teachers were <laughs> stern Eastern European Russian style <laughs> of piano teachers, so uh, not really encouraging. And and that's <laughs> something that I really wanted to change about people's perception with music. I see a lot of people saying, "Okay, off grid, 
that's the thing that we've got going on right now. I'm just going to mm -hmm. jump ahead. Um, lets you make music everywhere, wherever you are, using whatever you have in your pocket, which is a right. smartphone. It's all you need. You've got your smartphone, yeah. you've got this thing, and you can actually play. So first I had people tell me like, wow, that, that's kind of, that makes music making way too, way too easy, way too simple. Where is the theory? Where is the approach? Where is the <laughs> learn a goddamn instrument? And I'm like, right, right. Chill out. That's not really that, you know, if you <laughs> want to play an instrument really well, you'll, you'll end up there. Yeah. And of course, it's not going to like steal your ability to play an instrument right. or, or take away your job or anything like that. It's more of a how do we make it joyful and fun for people to just pick up something and start making some? Sure. And a lot of the time when I was when I was producing music back in, in the 2000s, I'd be on a train in Europe. We travel on trains a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So that was way before EasyJet. And, and, and I'd have a commission for a remix and, you know, I'd have a laptop. And I didn't take it too seriously. Okay, I've got a laptop, I'm going to make music. No, it was more about reading. Then after a while, I figured out, why not? Let's give Ableton Live a chance. Let's hit the track. Uh, let's record and let's try a couple of things. And I'd use whatever I have on me, mm -hmm. which was the, the, the keyboard right. on the computer. And it worked out perfectly fine. You know, once you have your juices flowing, once you have those ideas, you never know where they come from. You know, you never know where right. inspiration strikes or how or why. So you don't take credit for that. You're just like, I'm here. Let's mm -hmm. record. Let's mm -hmm. do something. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with Offgrid. Yeah. With Offgrid, it, it was kind of like, okay, you've got, you've got uh, jumping ahead 10, 10 years from now and we've got those raw power computing power horses in our pockets. Mm -hmm. smartphones cost near to nothing they're incredibly amazing at, at, at like giving people and developers the ability to create awesome software and that's where we come in there is a certain sweet spot that in my opinion is lost with, with swipeable you know one size one approach fits all yeah. it's, it's kind of like the, the, the developers of those smartphones and tablets think about accommodating most use cases and kind of like compromising on a certain level mm -hmm. in favor of giving everybody a platform to work with and program for. But for music making, for some creative approaches, we're still pretty much apes. We're still stuck with those digits, with those ears, eyes, and not using them to full effect seems like a waste. Sure. So... There's so much that actually doesn't have to be logically explained. You just want to touch and feel the feedback. You want to have, to have that aftertouch to really feel how you additionally press. You want to, 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 to modulate the joystick. You want to just really be in the flow. You want to use your gestures. You want to do wild, <laughs> crazy things. And that's right. where creativity hits the sweet spot. That's cool. Giving up, using those faculties that we already have biologically. Yeah. Give us the ability to, to, to just be in the zone, be in the flow, not think about how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to arrange that, whatever. Just hit record and you play and you jump to the next track and you play. As long as you're in the flow, you switch off, you know, the regulatory, the Eastern European <laughs> uh, stern features and you're just there. And, there. and it's just, it's going on. And, and, and that's what we want to do pretty much with off -grid. That's cool. How, how, like, so what was the process then of 
you know, you, you, you held up the, uh, I guess, is that the prototype I'm assuming or the final prototype there in the video and stuff is how long did it take you to get to that portion of what you were holding there? Oh, wow. Um, a while, a while. So, so why, why it took us so long? It's, it's not necessary because of the physical constraints of that instrument as such. It's more about figuring, you know, we, we work iteratively and luckily in, in my team, I've got just incredibly talented people who come up with just, you know, mind-blowing ideas. But but the point is to to really get to uh, to the point where you can say this is not just a nice design, a nice idea, and a nice approach, but it all clicks together, mm. takes iteration upon iteration, iteration, iteration. And literally, we, we did dozens, if not mm. hundreds, of physical prototyping designs in coming to the form and function and all of this clicking together. Wow. Um, sorry, I got the sound. Um, and, and basically... Mm, we're really lucky to go in in collaboration with Farm Labs, um, who are based in in in, in Boston. If I'm not mistaken, or oh, oh, just Boston, yeah. Yeah. And and, and um, we've been specifically collaborating with Farm Labs in Berlin um, to uh, prototype those 3D cases. So, as 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 mentioned earlier, the modular stuff that we've done, in a way. Um, is kind of old school approach. You have your face plate. Yeah. So it's kind of two dimensional. And then within those constraints, which are also normed, you can come up with a design which adheres to your function, but with, with uh, commercially uh, available mass production kind of, kind of approach, it's all open. Right. And you 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 are free to do whatever you want, and it's kind of scary, and it's kind of awesome because you you're like, wow, we can really do whatever we want. And then, but at the same time, you have to think about how does it how the, what's what's really what does it what makes it um, general purpose in a sense to fit a lot of use cases, but what also talks to you on a on a completely archaic level. Right, right. There are certain archetypes like the Game Boy, right? We grew up, I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're an yeah. 80s kid or, or yep, a late yep, yep. kid, and me too. And, and a lot of us grew up with Game Boys and, like, mm-hmm. and, and all those awesome things. And when you give someone some type of game pad type design, it clicks instantly. You don't, right. you don't have to explain what it is. It's playful and you're supposed to play on it. And that's exactly what we want to do. Okay, it just clicks with you first. It's like, oh, cool, I'm going to just use my thumbs. And mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I can use my thumb to actually like bend the string. Right. And I can That's actually cool. add a gesture. And it really like you don't have to think how you're gonna connect it because your smartphone already comes with a pre-installed DAW, which is right. I think amazing. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Whether you're on Android or, or or iOS, you've got your garage page, you've got your caustic, and they're all yeah. free and they're amazing. Like yeah. 10 years ago, you gave me that DAW. Yeah. That's what have happened, right? And I think the next Jay Dilla, you're from Detroit, right? Yeah. Um, is, is somewhere out there in high, in high school right now. He's like 9, 10, 11 years old. He's already got his smartphone. He's already got his uh, headphones bundled with the smartphone. Yep. And he's got some free app with dope 808 kick, kicks. <laughs> and, and all he needs is kind of some kind of surface, some kind of device which is affordable, small, compact, and doesn't really... Uh, force some kind of workflow on him. Yeah. Let yeah. him be him or her and just go with it. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's shocking. I mean, I grew up on tape. Um, I got my first 16 track reel to reel with a, and a Mackie 1604 when I was, uh, was I 13, you know, figuring out that stuff and tape delaying and doing all that sort of stuff in my bedroom. Um, and now I'm watching, I have a son, he's nine. I, he's got a rolling drum machine on his iPad and he's like, check out this beat I made dad. And it's just like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? And, and just how he, like the fact I, I get, I guess, I don't know if I've, I'm envious of it, but like it took me forever to like save up to buy a, one guitar pedal. And I'd be like, I got this tube screamer, holy cow, or I got a wah. And listen. And then I'm watching him go like, I don't know. I have all this sound. Look at, I got, I got the, <laughs> the entire yeah, sound yeah, library yeah. on a yeah. 64 gig iPad. So, and, and I, and I'm in, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he is making when he starts getting into that you know, I guess when I started when I was 12, right? That guitar and like, you know, I'm figuring out, a, I'm sweet child of mine, figuring it out, right? Like, what is he figuring out beat wise uh, on his device, you know? Totally. I mean, I mean, part of you probably says like, wow, I had to work really hard to get to like this component and that and that and that and that. But yeah. then again, it, I, I think also looking at developers, um, particularly when a lot of the time when I look at user interfaces on an app, Mm -hmm. um, like user design UX aspect of it is um, you've got all your options, but still a lot of developers are very cautious and kind of shy of stepping away from the pulleys and levers of old designs. Yep, You'll still see the classic like 88 keys and they're mm -hmm. all squeezed in there on yeah, that yeah. time. Surface, and and like, yeah. mm, why? Is, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I know you're paying homage to like some instrument and it's mm -hmm. amazing. And we love it. We love a CS8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like step beyond that let the app be completely loose of any physical manifestation yeah. of, of like old, older days, older mm -hmm. ages, and mm -hmm. let us come up with new designs yeah. uh, for the human-machine interface, which is the, kind of like the scientific name to call it. That's, yeah. an, that's an HMI, right? So there's an HMI, there is an awesome app, and then in between that, that's where the magic happens. You yeah. let people be able to interface that without thinking how they interface or how they're going to figure out how to to like rotate those faders and push those buttons on your smartphone. And you just keep it in a pocket. You have your headphones, you have this thing, and you're just close your eyes and play. Yeah. I think that's I, where yeah. this then happens. Yeah, I think that is, um, I, I know I'm speaking for myself here, but that is one of my challenging parts is to rethink being a musician um, so like even right now I do live sound for a fairly large mega church, right. And, you know, big auditorium and I've got a, got all the fancy gear. Right. Um, and because I grew up on SSLs and tape machines and Neve constant, you know, Neve gear, like I know what those sound like and what the plugins are trying to get to. So I'm like, I know what these things do. So I put an SSL on every channel. I put a Neve where I, on the drums, whatever it is. And then when the, we've got a couple of newer kids who are in their early 20s and they're just getting started and they don't have any idea what any of this, they, they, they just, you know, so I'm watching them pull up plugins or, uh, and I'm like, why, what, what, why, why do you have all those things? Like put the SSL on, put, it'll, it'll sound good on your drums. Next, move on. So there's this like, I think for a lot of musicians, it's just, I, I'm struggling with it. Like I want to go into this new world, but my brain instantly goes, man, I'll just go get the, the CS, what the, the CS 80. I know what it, I know what it does. It does exactly what I want. I know where all the buttons are, move on. But I don't have that open creativity anymore to just let go and just 
let be, do what you're talking about. Just let it happen. It's it, something happens in our brains where we get stuck, and I'm stuck right now in it. It's just I, I don't I know. Totally, I totally, yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I mean, um, going back to modular, um, the the reason why let's say five, 10 years ago, uh, the craze started is you'd have, you'd have like complete beginners entering modular because they thought it's cool because like their favorite producers had a couple of wires and they're like, whoa, okay, right, let me right, wrap right. my hand around it. And, it, and it, honestly, I knew my, I knew my way around the synthesizer even before I knew there are modulars. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not claiming that I was in there in the 90s or anything like that. I fairly fairly recent entry into the modular world shortly before I started actually manufacturing any, and mm -hmm. I was scared shitless. And I'd know my work, my my <laughs> synthesizer flow. You know, that's not the, that's right. the point. I knew what everything, uh, but looking at it from the perspective of what it looks like to the outside world, it's it's effing scary. And 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 you need to really wrap your hand around it to figure out. Okay, this is actually going to free free my workflow. A lot of the producers these days, professional producers with like a ton of records under the belt are approaching the modular as a way to unlock creativity in the sense of like stepping away from the computer, yeah. going with an open head and just starting patching, not thinking about the outcome or what you want to do. It's really not about bread and butter sounds or getting results. It's just about sitting there and letting them, the, 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 the process take over. Yeah. So I think um, if you let yourself you know, be surprised and get lucky with some new kind of gear. And sometimes all it takes is just a toy. It could be a toy, you know, you give someone a ukulele and, and that's an awesome guitar player and you'll come up with new ways to play it. Right? Yeah. So I think, I think it's also good to go back into the state of being a child mm. and curious about trying stuff up. Yep. And if you, if you let loose of the notion of the aspect that it's got to be professional, you know, mm -hmm. we all know our SSL mix bus <laughs> right, right. compressors. If you, let off, if you let go of that notion and you just mess with stuff without mm -hmm. any expectations or wanting to have a professional result, cool things will happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is, I mean, so correct me if I'm wrong, this, this product off grid really fits into that, maybe that songwriting mindset. Cause I, I, I would think about, I wrote, I got a lot of stuff out there, but there was a different mindset when I was in songwriting where everything was wide open. I would just, you know, I'd had guitars, pianos, and I would just be like, and then it turned into like, now I need to really capture this for the professional thing that you just talked about. Right. So maybe, right. correct me if I'm wrong, this product kind of fits into that. Like I'm on a train, I'm on a plane, I'm going to let this experience do whatever the magic stuff that is in the brain and, and, and be able to still have, cause I agree with you. I can't, I can't stay on the keyboard and the, you know, like I can get it done, but like Ableton and that's not music in my mind, tapping uh D's and, you know, or whatever it is. So having that, <clears throat> getting that maybe in, because I mean, it's one of the things where I haven't wrote a song in a while just cause it's so laptop based. I just, eh, yeah. You know. Yeah. No. It's, 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 it's totally, totally. It's 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 just a thing going back into into the mode of um, not expecting any tremendous results. Going in with a with an open head is for me not regression. That's actually progression because yeah. we keep to our playbook of that's how it's supposed to be. We uh, eventually turn out to be that stern uh, teacher that, that <laughs> right that, right that, that yeah. discourages us right. Because, yeah. So so in a way. Um, people ask me, okay, will I be able to implement into Ableton uh, my workflow? Yeah, you will, of course. You can map 
MIDI, you can play MPE, you can, you know, uh, eventually down the line, we're going to figure out how to write the daemon tool so you can transmit all those gestures into YC. Mm. So yeah, it will be totally accessible to professionals to just go out there and venture and do awesome stuff with it as well. And you'll be able to control your unity uh, with, with gestures and, and, cool. and, and like rotate stuff around the room, of course. You know, give people a new tool and they'll find applications for it. Yeah. But primarily, I'm thinking of those who are not yet initiated and of those who've never touched a piece of... Piece of I mean... Honestly, with the Kickstarter campaign, Kickstarter campaign, we'll we'll talk about that probably uh, mm-hmm. in short. But um, it's humbling to have people actually. You'll you'll laugh first, but it's humbling to come up and someone will ask me. But I thought it produces music by itself, and you're kind of in, in, you know the 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 devil inside you says, dude, the only way it'll produce music is if you bang it against the wall. But <laughs> um, the MIDI controller, for God's sake, but yeah. but. Actually, that's a cool question because right. it poses kind of like you, you you start thinking about that people actually have no idea what a MIDI controller is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. It forces it forces us to come up with a new language um, and not take everything for granted, you know, and and kind right. of say right. People don't necessarily understand what's the value of 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 the. Velocity, sensitivity, aftertouch. Those are like words you and I can exchange. <laughs> right, right. But it all boils down to telling someone, you know, you'll be able to use your favorite app, but what you'll add to that is more of you in the flow. Sounds kind of marketing, but in a mm-hmm. way, it's more about the human touch. Yeah. Which which gets gets lost in the in the translation between the screen and what you want to get down idea wise. So it's really about this human component, feeling, the feedback, the whatever ex- exchange of ideas between your cortex and, and your fingers and what goes in, in there and how much you pressed and how much you shifted and how much you rotated, all right. those things translate and then you're intuitively in there. And it doesn't take uh, any VR glasses or anything <laughs> like that. You don't need to surround yourself with with artificial spaces or three-dimensional, whatever. It's just you and your body and the music and your one unit. That's cool. Very cool. That's yeah, really cool. Um, now, this is the is this the third campaign you brand? I can't remember. I now have it in front of me. That's right. Yeah, we 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 had the Raven, which was our modulus synthesizer run in 2018. Then uh, f- at the beginning of the year, late February, we launched we've launched Off Grid first. Yep. We didn't succeed with the campaign, and I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. In a, in a minute, and now that's the relaunch of Offgrid. Right. So this one was obviously more successful. And and w- did you always in your mind have Kickstarter as a launch application for this product? Yes, we did. Yes, yeah. yes, we did. And and the reason is because I think Kickstarter has the capacity to actually reach out to an audience which we would have no access to. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to approach them, how to talk to them. Right. I have no idea how to find them other than by. Uh, by a um, large platform that knows how to do that. Right, right, right. So because of that, let's talk a little bit around how did you get into this one being successful from the first one? What were the, some of the things that changed? What was happening maybe behind the scenes? And then we'll talk about this campaign as to where you are right now with five days to go. Yeah, okay. The, the very interesting realization with the first campaign was for, we, we set some goals. We said what we want to do is... Um, 
we want to reach out to people and actually extend our expertise as boutique modular um, manufacturers mm-hmm. based in Europe, doing gear, you know, like whatever, built under moonlight on one day in, in a month, sounding <laughs> extremely good. All that stuff, we wanted to translate that to, um, to a new audience. I wouldn't call it a mess production instrument. It's just right. a new audience, a wider audience who has no idea who we are, who doesn't care, and really uh, has no obligations towards us, are not our clients, and couldn't care less if we, if we you know, already delivered instruments to some of the <laughs> world's right. best musicians. So we needed to, to really talk to them honestly about who we are, what we do. And we thought that setting the goal realistically in the sense of we tell them what we need it for, mainly making the first batch, mm-hmm. would set not just a serious tone, not just a serious intention, but also tell them how um, hard it is actually to manufacture a piece of hardware. Because right. I think everybody takes for granted that all those gadgety stuff that is out there on those campaigns, people don't really necessarily care how it's made or right. where it's made. It's just like put more stuff in it, make it cheap, <laughs> cheerful, and give me 10 color options and I'll think yeah. about it. So we wanted to come up like with a, it's a curated set of things that we're going to offer and here's why and here's how much we need to make it happen. So it was all about the serious, real tone and the goal we set was Fairly to say, quite quite high. We said we need 125,000 euros and we gave people the transparency calculation telling them that, you know, that's just part of the equation because 125,000 is just the manufacturing cost. It doesn't account for tools. It doesn't count for development. It doesn't count for a lot of things that we'll actually have to prepay anyway. Yep. We just want this part of it, the chunk, which is considered, you know, like substantial, Mm -hmm. but it's just a chunk. And then we can make it happen. And that proposition, I think I don't think it, it sticks with the mentality of a crowdfunding campaign so yeah. much. Because having said all that and approaching people honestly, it, it, it's not necessarily people don't necessarily have an obligation towards you. It's like mm-hmm. figure out yourself, are you gonna do it? Right. You know? Um we'll 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 stay here for the ride. And some 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 people were extremely um extremely cool about it. I mean, they said like, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And we want to try it out and we'll help you along the way. And the support was tremendous. I thought even the first campaign did really well uh, comparing to, to what we could have done by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend anyone to try and find their audience and find their community. And our community was there for us almost all of the time. Right. But then again, that goal was pretty high. Yeah. And we had to find um, alternative uh, ways to actually um, investments, how we can actually do that manufacturing regardless, because in our, you know, we're, we're set. We, we're doing it anyway. Right. Regardless of the campaign. And we, we were lucky to find some because some people saw that campaign and thought it's a cool idea and they want to join in and want to go with us along the way. So then we thought there's so much more we can actually do with that campaign than just collect uh, money for the first batch. It's it's really a, the proposition of how do we reach out to that audience? So we thought the first campaign is actually a um, proof of concept mm-hmm. uh, regarding who's our audience, what's the tone we're setting, 
what feedback comes back. And it was really more about understanding how we, on a granular, granular level, we can talk to our ambassadors for future generations of that product. Yep. Because if it's like, let's say we have roughly 1,200 people on there right now pledging for it, theoretically there could be 10, 20, 30,000 people out there who will find out eventually about off-grid. This small percentage of the theoretical number out there represents pretty much the different types of off-grid users. Right, right. With their own mindsets, their own use cases, their own favorite apps. And there is so much for us to learn about them because we're not like in a product pipeline kind of thing where we churn out one product right, every right. couple of months. Yeah. It's just this thing and we're going to focus on it for the next one, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And we want to make it the best controller out there on the market for that price range with those specific feature sets and those possibilities. Right. And for that, we really need to know who our audience is and what makes them tick. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a good jumping off point here. So on this Kickstarter with uh, five days to go, and you kind of mentioned that you're at like 1,300 backers, you're at a, just under $140,000 US. You'll probably go a lot higher here than last week because last week you usually see a nice uptick. So ultimately, that new approach to this campaign Clearly, with successful, right? Um, you know, now in in between that time from the first one, the second one, you know, what were you doing to still get that, keep that energy up, make sure people didn't get discouraged? Um, because again, a lot of people have that do what you've done. They hey, they come out of the gate and they're off just a little bit, right? You, you refocus. But how are you keeping everybody's spirits up, energy up to say everything's cool? This this happens, <laughs> you know, and, and just and just and just do it again. You you said it, you said it yourself. I mean, it's really about keeping people um, um, updated on a regular level, and you know, not making them feel like it's their fault or anything. Right, right? Because right. it's really it's like it's it's on us. Um, we miscalculated, and that's not how Kickstarter works. That's not how those things work. We figured it out. We found an alternative way. So this campaign is actually about making. Uh, you know, all those efforts go towards an educational platform mm. and they go towards actually making this product understand what we can put in there, which is not just the additional colors or blinking lights or stuff like right, that, but right. how can we make it really fundamentally better than yeah. anything out there based not on our what we want to give you, but what you actually need and what we can incorporate into the possible constraints. So having said that, we, I believe the best approach is just as if you were talking one-on-one with the person who is believing you, who is supporting you, and who is to be completely transparent about your motivation, what you want to do with that, and where you want to go with that. And if, if they understand you, they, then that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Just cool. keep, you know, keep them not just in the loop like, hey, there's more stuff coming or <laughs> something like that, but, but kind of um, this is what it's all about. This is why we fall and we get up and we try it again yep and it's not about the money it's more about making it the best we can do together yep and yeah and that's yeah. yeah that's one of the biggest things i always tell people i'm like yeah the money's great i get th- but you're not thinking about how this is going to impact your entire company these insiders and these are the people who are telling their friends like they're the ones if they're the first adopters they're the ones saying look look at this thing i mean and that's 
there's just, I mean, that's, that's the gold. Um, you know, inside of this campaign, has there been anything that's really stuck out where you just had, did not expect it at all with, I mean, with that many backers, has there been like a country that stood out or, um, comments you've been getting or just something that you were like, man, we did not expect this. Oh, uh, well, I think there's, there's a lot of turns and things that we did not expect. I think psychology of a crowdfunding campaign essentially is a completely different thing outside of realm of what we thought would be because, you know, none of us in Tim Burke is, is really classically educated in the marketing aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding people's psychology in a crowdfunding campaign, some come for the bargain, some come for an additional feature, and some people are super happy to help. And just the amount of like help that people give each other in the comment section, getting people, we, we what we figured out in the first campaign, we did maybe three updates, just to give you a quick, quick round on yeah. three updates, or in total, maybe four. And that worked, that worked out okay, but I think keeping people engaged is much more about much more than just statistics. It's more about opening the dialogue. Yeah. So we started it early. We started the dialogue early. We said, we really want to try and implement some stretch goals. Help us figure out which stretch goals those could be. You know, and some 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 would be completely out there, like make it a looper, make it add, add, a, add an, you know, headphones output and microphone input and stuff like that and so on. Which is cool and funny. And and some people are extremely helpful and you see that they're in there in, and trying to think with you what could make this a better product. And then we reached out and said, let's do a kind of a ambassadors of a field. Let's see what people who are uh, engaged in education could help us with understanding what the platform would, should look like. Right. You know, because, because so engagement is important. We didn't expect that people would be so helpful in engaging yeah. with, with it. Um, of course, the psychology and mentality of a crowd, crowd crowdfunding campaign is such with the early birds, with all those like keeping things limited, we had to wrap our head around that and it's yeah. quite surprising. And there is like those, all of those, like keeping, keeping things um, edgy yeah. as suggested by Kickstarter and everybody else, all those techniques. But I guess everyone who wants to run a campaign eventually will figure those things out. What I can definitely recommend is to um, not rush into opening up a campaign, but really educate yourself about all of the possibilities and even better get yourself professional support. Yeah. 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 It's, you know? it's a huge undertaking. I mean, the amount of people who just underestimate it's really is launching everything right now. You know, it used to be, maybe you didn't have to have a really solid social media or really good pay-per-click or whatever it is. You're launching basically your entire company right now. Everything's out there. You don't know what everybody's got their own front door. So, you know, it's not a time where you launch it and then start figuring out your world. Like you, you got to build a crowd. You got to have some excitement. You got to have, you know, a little bit of stuff going on there. It may not have to be all perfect. That's why I always, we get a lot of people who are, are just so, so stuck on brand. Like our, our, you know, it's like, yeah, but I'd rather you just be active and be a part of this community and have conversations and, you know, actually talk about what you're working on. You know, I don't think anybody cares about your logo. They care about, are you a real person? who's excited about this thing 
you know? Spot on, spot on. Yeah. You know, like I can kind of come up and with a list of like people that are using our modular gear on stage and it'll be mind-blowing. And at the same time, nobody cares because yeah, this yeah. product is something else. You know, right. like, yeah. you know, separate between your past, your present and your future yeah. and tell people about you. I mean, this this is a future undertaking. So yeah. anybody going into the campaign, most likely will have some future products, some concepts, something they need support right. for monetary or or psychologically or just like boosting the, the thing and and i think that's the most awesome thing about those crowdfunding uh, uh platforms is that it lets you go in with some concept and go out with a so much yeah. more mm-hmm. you know because it's not just about you it's not just about your product anymore it's about getting all of those people involved it, it's really not about them pledging for something it's more about or and getting a reward for it it's more about it you get a extended family yep. and users and friends through that who are with you all the way ideally up until you release the product and then hopefully for eternity right and that's how you gotta go into it you know if you're going in it for just like yeah we need x buyers <laughs> yeah yeah i know do run a pre-order shop or something right yeah yeah it does make sense so with you know so after the five days the campaign ends money starts dropping in the accounts what starts to happen to get this product into musicians' hands? Mm, uh, well, with with the current um, situation of logistics, you know, worldwide, with us not being able to ship, for example, some packages to the US still, um, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of problematic to get demo units out there. Mm-hmm. But um, luckily, you know, in, in Austria, we're based in Vienna, Austria, uh, we're back on track, more or less, with all the production facilities running, which means that we can churn out the first demo units pretty soon, cool. and all of those all of those technolo- technological puzzle parts that we weren't able in the last months to actually have in hand are coming together. So we really immediately after the campaign already go into the last prototype stage. Cool. Which means the last prototype station incorporates all of the technology, all of the pressure sensitivity, additional parts that we were waiting for to arrive. And um, after summer's end, we go into the big production. So we're going to use the next two or three months to um, finalize the all of the all, everything that goes into into manufacturing, which is really not just about turning out PCBs and 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 enclosures. It's more about the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And for that, we're developing kind of a playbook. What happens like on the granular level when you get that package? You know, like you open it up. Yeah. What's in there? How do you start up? And so on and so on. Those those things are so because we are root, routinized in manufacturing hardware. That's really not the problem anymore. Right. Um, we're not like the classical startup. Like, oh wow, how do we go in there? We know how to do hardware. We know how to do firmware and software, but the entire experience of talking to an audience who's never experienced any of our products before, that's the biggest challenge. And that's what we're going to work on all throughout the summer before we go into large manufacturing. Very cool. Um, And of course, immediately after the campaign, getting all the new feedback and all the people from the the, the, the pledge and rewards and all those, those things into the dialogue of continuing a better software experience yep. down the line. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how about just in general for you as a company, like five years out, you know, putting on your future hat, like 
you know, you mentioned maybe a couple of years working on this product, but do you see yourself continuing to sort of navigate through this? Do you see yourself going back to, you know, maybe putting out some more music for people? What, what do you just see for the next five years? Well, ideally in five years time, we'll be able to um, have team in-house um, specializing in, in exactly solutions of human uh, human machine interface questions. So I think human machine interfaces is something that's going to keep us occupied for X amount of years down the line. And that's really where we want to put all our efforts into currently. Um, having the overall higher motivation and goal in education mm. Both musical, both, both creativity, art, and so on. I mean, we're all an extended family. We love music, we love arts and technology. That's what defines us. You know, if you, if you go to our website, you'll see we're deeply in love with arts and technology. And that's exactly what it is. So we're our head, because you, you, you were talking about like the future head. Our head mm-hmm. is definitely not just classical synth nerd or the music instrument thingy. Um, our head is education, encouragement, and enabling people technology embracing new technology you know not just like calling it out for like wow, wow this is commercial blah blah mm-hmm. it's just it's valid and there are bright minds out there who are doing it and there are bright minds out there who just wait to get infected with creativity that's cool and 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 develop their you know potential and that's yeah. that's where i think we want to be for the rest of this brand's life yeah very cool. Very, very cool. So I've been ending um, all my episodes since we're all kind of locked in and consuming a lot of content with sort of a lightning round. Um, so I'm intrigued as to what your answers are going to be on this. Uh, if you're ready for it, you ready for some questions? Sure. All right. Uh, what have you been watching on the uh, either the Netflix or the Hulu, HBO? What have you been watching on uh, the old streaming lately? Oh, Last Dance, Michael Jordan, of course. Yeah. That, 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 that was the, you know, like... Um, Okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say it, but actually, I did not have a Netflix account. Don't, okay, that's right. Don't tell anyone. So now I do, or at least I'm in my 30-day uh, trial, <laughs> trial just okay. because of Michael Jordan. Yeah, you know, like, and actually, my dad sent me the link. He's like, "Wow, cool! There's a new documentary." So I checked it out, and that's why we're on Netflix. Other than that, we've been enjoying some documentaries. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I'm on episode three of Last Dance. Uh, I was a very big Michael Jordan fan back in the day. Uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, how about uh, are, is there been a movie that you've watched recently at all that you've outside like not not, not a show or anything like that, but just a movie? Uh, yeah. What was the last movie that we watched? Good question. Um, actually, I, I, I we've rewatched Ratatouille. Oh, okay. Pixar. Right, and there's this there's this chef um, there, it went, and and uh, the rat, right? He yeah, he, yeah. he does this like he's like, hey, I'm just a figment of your imagination, <laughs> and he's like, um, he he comes up with that with that really cheesy line, which is like, anyone can cook, and then at the end of the movie, there's the big payoff where he says like, oh yeah, I got, I get it. It's not just that anyone can become a great cook, but it's that a great cook can come from anywhere. That's kind of yeah, you know. Nice. Kind of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah that's know. a good one. Very, very good. How about um, is there? Are you reading any books? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um, I, I'm hooked a little bit on on Ben Meserich's uh, mm-hmm. uh, current thing on 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 Boston Boston Globe right now. Okay, yeah. I, I read his. I read his. Um, it's so easy to read, you know, like about UFOs and and 
Facebook and, and uh, Bitcoin and all those things. That's easy literature for just in between. Right mm -hmm. now we're running the campaign, so I, I try to just free my head. And other than that, some last books that I read, I don't know, just really easy literature. And okay. Recently. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I, I know that you listen to my podcast regularly, every single episode, hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, but is there any other podcast that you might be listening to? Not that I remember recently. I, I haven't okay. been able to, to actually devote so much time to that. But we we do watch the occasional Zoom um, kind of Zoom uh, podcast of, of uh, university based. Oh, okay. So my my wife, for example, she's an architect, and and we watch a lot of um, kind of architectural based themed cool. uh, talks right now. That talks, That's cool. of course. Yeah. All right. All right. My last one is, uh, how about like, is there a website that you kind of go to or you would recommend for like entrepreneurship, digital marketing, just to kind of stay in the loop of what's working? Is there anything that you're kind of always going to of, as a resource? I wouldn't say there is a go-to, to be honest, but I find it encouraging to um, check out LinkedIn once in a while to see, you know, in between all of the shoulder tapping from, 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 from people like, oh, we've done that, we've achieved <laughs> this and that, there is the occasional interesting uh, sharing of, of, of like, this is what helps me in the process. And I got to say now that, that, that I think about it, there is this uh, masterclass series uh, of, of documentaries and, and talks where you see people from all, you know, walks of life, uh, talk about their craft hmm. which i think is super engaging you'll have uh danny elfman you'll have uh the vogue uh, uh editor uh, in a winter and all those people i mean yeah they've made it yes mm -hmm. but at the same time there's still people like you and i and yep. that's their journey and those are the things that they learn and it's distilled and beautifully made beautifully yeah. And it's captivating and you hear some fresh thoughts and you question the process. We've been watching this documentary by Olafur Eliasson recently and just, you know, he's very practically set craftsman in, in mm. a way and comes up with those brilliant concepts. So I think listening to people who are good at what they do is the most interesting thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy schedule, a lot of stuff going on. This was a great conversation and uh, I was, uh, I was looking forward to it and it, it definitely was exactly what I was hoping for. It was a great conversation. And, uh, for everybody else, if you got time, go over to the Kickstarter right now, go to just search off grid, check it out. You guys are, are kicking butt here. Um, hopefully they can, you know, if they miss the Kickstarter, still get in your world, hopefully some sort of pre-order still stay around um, and, sure. and reach out and I'll put all that in the show notes. But again, great job on this campaign and I'm, I'm glad you were successful on this one because it's a uh, it's a cool product and i'm excited to see it in the in the in the world you know uh people use thank it. you so much thank you and i and i really hope that we bump uh into each other next year at nam or something like that yeah I mean, yeah we'll probably be you. there yes yeah <laughs> yeah we'll be wandering around hey but i won't have the zoom screen so it'll oh. I, I i think i'll recognize you is this nam though <laughs> moving forward just walk to the next up. booth please um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. Thanks so much, and uh, and and uh, good luck with everything, and and let's stay in touch. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. How about that conversation with Michael? I told you, man, we got in the weeds. I'm not going to lie about it, but it was I was excited for that interview. I mean, I just um, I, I knew what we were going to get into, and we did. 
and we explored a lot of great topics. So again, if you're a music fan, you might have enjoyed that conversation too, um, outside of just product design and uh, launching a Kickstarter. So, um, all right, everybody. I hope you guys are having a great Memorial Day. Stay safe out there. I don't know. A lot of people were lighting off fireworks last night. Is that something you do? Maybe light off some fireworks today or not. I don't know. Um, but stay safe out there and um, let's listen to some sugar people. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Later. And what you see on your heart is no less than a saint. I have begun to describe you and I cannot stop. Woman, you are virtuous, faithful and true. Yes, you are. I will not degrade you with words of sin. No, 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 no. Because I'm God's image is how you have made.